Last podcast. Wow. What a, what a stunner. So, um, I have something for everyone. We're going to continue on this trend. I don't um, know if you remember that far back in the day, <clears throat> the last podcast has been years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah ages, yeah. man. I've grown like 20 minutes. Sure. Yeah. We have this time. I'm going to introduce them both, uh, right away. We have, uh, <laughs> uh Kimmy jelly on the podcast and yeah, we have, neat. and we have, uh, Orion and we have Giacomo and I'm going to start this off fellas. It's going to be spicy. Uh, okay, almost spicy as spicy as, as last time. Sandwich? Almost, almost as spicy. Almost. Ooh, okay. So, in the realm of dice and strategies, play, Kimmy Jelly Master strides his own way. A patron <laughs> of Glass Half Dead's lore, profound success <laughs> in Kill Team. His legends abound. Custodes his chosen in armor array on the tournament fields. They hold. Potent sway, mastering the art, a triumph displayed. Kimmy rises in glory arrayed. Top tier patron, a sport, a supporter true. Glass this half dead's wild. wisdom, a guiding view. Jelly concoctions, a sweet alchemy. <laughs> Kimmy's success, a testament to be. Major tournaments witness his might. Custodes marching, armor shining bright. In the winner's circle, basking in light, Kimmy, the champion in glory's height. Jelly dances, celebration grand, sweet triumphs echoing across (laughs) the land. Master of kill team, custodian command, Kimmy's legacy by fate's strong hand. I hate you so much. That was like a solid. <laughs> that was like a solid minute and something. Oh my god! Yeah. Somehow oh. I think most of it was still sexual. Yeah, probably. Um, I felt aroused. I don't know. Did. I will say that that's called an epic, apparently. Um, and I gave, I, I fed a little bit more information to ChatGPT so it could. It oh, could I didn't notice. One. My yeah, <laughs> social security number. I feel like it's watching me in the bathroom at this point. What's going on, Dakota? But I have, to eat more I have a surprise. I have one about Orion. Are we oh, ready? This one's yeah. not as long. This one's not as long. No, it's not ah. right. All right, all right. Oh, all right. This right. feels unfair. This is way unfair. All right, go ahead. Let's hear. It. In tailored suits, humility shines. Orion, the king in chaos's design. Elvio's champion with humble lines. Worlds conquered in grace where chaos aligns. Gellerpox ruler, yet modest and true. Extreme sportsman in suits rich of hue. Chaos goats follow in chaos debut. Orion's humility, a tale to construe. In the kill team arena, chaos unfolds. Plasma spams leader in stories untold. Humble in victory as chaos is scrolled. Orion, the gracious in suits of gold. World Championships glory with modesty's born. It's still pretty long. Chaos's <laughs> emissary, humility's <laughs> born. Suits and chaos, harmonious mourn. Orion's legend with humility adorned. 
I like how it took like very specific things and just like repeated them over and yeah, over. Yeah, a bunch over. of times. All right, yeah. <laughs> All right so let me break this down. So it was jelly custodes was like the entire theme of like Jimmy's. It was yeah. like custodes and jelly and yeah. And mine just like. He's wearing humble suits and they're just kind of chaotic. Are you you hurt as much as I'm hurt? Because did they mention suits at all for me? No, No, they didn't. Not even once. No, I'm so mad. You can thank last half of that. Dakota. Terrible. (laughs) I'm going to end my Patreon right now. (laughs) You guys keep talking. I'm going to click on Patreon. If I, if I remember my password, Dakota, you're screwed. I'm, I'm ending my Patreon right now. (laughs) Hey, Hey, you, you, you have to, you, you, what was it in, in the, uh, Patreon, you made a Patreon comment under glass half dead's, uh, um, uh, video. So he, you, you thanked him for winning KTO, you know, top tier patron. Oh, so we're going to dig up recent history from like a year ago. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> that's very recent. Oh so yeah. After, after I won KTO, um, I, it wasn't, it was on YouTube. I think I made a comment. as like, I owe my victory to being a Patreon member of uh, glass half dead. I thought like, Hey, if I, uh, suck his dick a little bit, maybe he'll have me on his, uh, uh, like as a guest. No, I was never acknowledged. Not I once. Ignored. <laughs> <laughs> like he talked about me a couple of times. I'm like, Hey, you want to interview me? He's like, I'd rather die in a ditch. I'm like, that's a little bit rough. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. He gave you a thumbs These, up. <laughs> this is not a verbatim conversation. I'm not like quoting him. Like I said that and he just kind of, I think he fell asleep. I don't know. I forget exactly what happened. I'm pretty he sure just, he ignored you or he liked your comment. Yeah, he ignored me really Even hard. Better. I was like, you want to have me on your show? He's like, I'd rather my entire like career burn to the ground than have you on my show. I'm like, no, that's a little that's a little rough, Glass. Like, why so rude? And he's like, go die. I'm like, all right, well, that's fine. So, but at the time, initially after I won, I thought it was a fun time. You know, it's a, it's a joke. Be like, I, I owe it all to Glass Half Dead being his Patreon. I thought it was fun. Um, Dakota did not think it was funny. So he did not enjoy it. He's like... Jimmy, what you you didn't accredit any of your wins to being a patron of mine? I'm like, okay, you're a little sensitive. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe chill out a bit. Well, and that's why you get an epic that doesn't mention <laughs> suits. <laughs> yeah, without suit references. That's true. I put so much time into my suit choices. Not one reference. Yeah, it is all suit. His whole oh. epic is all about suits. Yeah. It was like oh. suits made of suits while riding yeah. chaotic suits. His suity suits of suits of suit. He has chaos goats, which suit. are also well-dressed. Yeah. His models also wearing suits. Like, oh. Yeah. It was, uh, it, every line insulted my entire existence. It was very sad. Yeah. I, apparently, in ChatGPT, there's only haikus or epics. I mean, I'm sure there's more, but those are the only two uh, poems I know. So hopefully you guys enjoyed ChatGPT's um, renditions of our two guests here. But today, we are here to talk about um, Felgor and how strong they are. And so if anyone doesn't know, Orion, this year, 2024, placed third at LVO with 131 players. Um, only dropping one match, his very last game against Vetguard, and Jimmy placed fourth uh, with Felgor. Um, you both placed very, very well, and uh, the two top Felgor players at LVO, probably two of the better Felgor players in the U.S. currently. Um, we're going to hopefully change that here with this podcast. We're going to reveal all the secrets 
Uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I'm only doing this under duress. I True. told Dakota, I don't want to reveal my secrets. I don't want people to get good. And he's like, you do this or I will reveal the dark secret about you. And I'm, well, uh, he wins. What is your, what is your dark secret? Well, I'm Revealing. sharing my Felgor secret, so we don't have to get into the really dark stuff. Okay, got it. Got I don't want to get into the stuff that's going to put me in a government watch list. So, yeah, just know he could be very derisive at Ooh. any given moment. <laughs> yeah. I'm very blackmailable. Just so you know, if you see me and you're like, that guy looks like he can be blackmailed, you're right. It's true. <laughs> this is proof. Add this, him on our Discord. Yeah. Uh, do not do that. The at is would be uh, at you, Jelly. Um, I hate you all so much. <laughs> Go ahead. So, um, yeah, we're going to talk about some Felgor and how you guys, you know, played so well. This team has been performing globally really, really well. So we'll go over the stats of this specific team currently as the date of this episode. They might be changed by the time I do our YouTube video on the overall stats, but they have total of 19 tournaments showed that they that they played at compared to how many how many uh, tournaments were actually played this year or this so everyone knows the data we're pulling from is 16 player tournaments with four or more rounds. So we have a total of 37 or 36, um, 36 tournaments and, uh, they showed up at 19 tournaments. They have 37 unique players, 41 total players. So that means they had a four players overlap over, over the course of this entire data slate. Uh, 201 total wins, only 117, no total games, 117 losses, 10 ties, 74 losses, 57.21% win rate, which is second highest currently. Um, they placed 11 times and they have a placement rating of 57.89%. So if you guys, if anyone sees a Felgor player at your tournament, um, Felgor have a 57% chance currently to place at your local tournaments if they show up there. So, and that's within the top three or the top 10%. So, okay. So just to summarize all that nerd shit you just heard, uh they good. They are good. They are very, very good right now. Um, What made you guys want to play this team? The two of yes. You want to go first? Uh, sure, sure. My, I mean, mine's short and sweet. Um, I like melee. I like angry goats. Um, and the you know the fact that I had made a team that I really liked out of like you know various pieces and kits isn't the main reason I wanted to play them. Like if they weren't so like well done, and I wanted to show them off at you know LVO, I probably wouldn't have taken them. But because it was like you know, it's a melee team. I was very proud of them, and I was going for, you know, hobby awards. I, I took them to LVO. That's why I played them. Fair enough. How about you, Jimmy? I, I feel like I was expecting more. Um, <laughs> it's just sort of sweet. I like is, melee. I um, like I'll that. play any melee team. <laughs> I put so much thought into it, and then you're just like, yeah, I like angry goats. Like, it was like... <laughs> There, uh, I was really going through the meta and I'm like looking at all these different teams. I'm like, what about this team? What about that team? And I'm like figuring it all out. And you're like, you know, I like goats that scream. And now I kind of wish that was my thing. Um, 
<laughs> I feel like that was good enough. Like, hey, they're goats. They're angry. Boom. Bada bing, baby. There we go. Profit. <laughs> yeah. Step one, angry goat. Step two, profit. There we go. Yeah, I like that. That's great. Um, no, I think <clears throat> everyone has this idea that melee is difficult on open and, you know, they're, you know, like maybe they're good in the dark, but they're difficult on open. I really feel like the entire meta of the, of kill team has shifted to melee hordes. And I think it's shifted a decent while ago. I think Orion was one of the first to figure it out with Gellerpox in the first worlds. Um, the meta, the melee teams, if you play them right, can be so strong and they're hard. It's hard to play it right. Um, but I wanted that challenge of like taking a, a melee team and trying to play them well. Um, I think if you play them well, they can do really, really well. It's not easy, but it was different. Like I've played breachers. I've played um, commandos. I've played different teams and I wanted to switch to this pure melee team and I really enjoyed it. Um, I still feel like even through LVO, I'm still learning this team. Like, I feel like it's going to take a long time to really, really get all the synergy and all the, like, understanding of how this team can run. But I really like the potential they have on the board. That's fair. The, the other interesting thing about Melee Hordes is I think that Orion has had a really good view of the meta uh, probably for a while, right? Like, they me melee hordes, like you said, have been some of the strongest for a while. Um, <clears throat> outside of like the three the you two and, and Adrian, who have kind of like mained a lot of uh, you know, melee hordes, they Felgor have were definitely like slept on once they so when they first came out, I know I've, I had a, I had conversations with Orion about them, and then they they then the very once they got like nerfed, everyone stopped playing them, right? Uh, I believe Orion, because of that, you went back to, um, you went back to uh, Gellerpox for the worlds, and then eventually everyone kept like Jimmy. You were one of the first people that I knew that was like, "Hey, this team is still like hella busted." And then we played at Merry Mayhem like in December, and a few other, you know. I saw them like crushing tournaments still and doing really well, like at SoCal and these other things and like SoCal and the, we, we, we felt like the only place that was still like actively playing Felgor, even through their nerf. Cause I didn't see them being played on the East coast. I didn't see them being played. Uh, I don't, I don't keep a heavy watch on the European scene, but Australia, I didn't see them. I didn't see them anywhere. And then they were really, really good. And then they got a buff and then, you two were like already playing them. So um, what made you Jimmy want to start playing this team before they got their buff and you thought they were good enough to take to like Mary mayhem, which was a 32 person tournament. Yeah. Um, oh God, that's such a tough question. Um, I don't know. I feel like I really want to go into a melee team and the idea of playing Colts made me kind of a little sick inside. It's so gross. Like the Colts are so like, are they really strong? Even still, I think they're still pretty strong. Now I think it's okay. If you want to play Colts now, 
I think they're a very strong team still, and they can they can still be a problem. But with all their nerfs, if you like, you have to play them very well. Maybe you can bring them, and I won't hate you a little bit on the inside. But like Felgor, at the time when I started playing them was before the recent buff, and I felt like they really had the potential. Um, they have so many tools. There's so much they have going for them. Um, Ten wounds um, is great. And then with all the abilities, the strategic ploys, the tactical ploys, every one of their ploys is fantastic. Um, speaking of which, I feel like one of their strongest strategic <clears throat> is uh, Pelting Firepower. Just saying. Mm, yes, I would uh, concur. Yeah, the best. I think I could, I could foresee a game where you play nothing but Pelting Firepower. I'm just saying. I, that sounds crazy, but I yeah. feel like I'm going to throw it out there. But um, <laughs> that team has so many tools and so much synergy that um, it's you have to play it several times. But yeah, before the recent buff, I wanted to get into them because I felt like they really had something there that made them strong when no one believed in them at all. And they got like, it seems like a small buff, but that small buff makes a big difference. So and is that, that was, that was it. did you start seeing their power because like Sam never got off of them and then you played them a couple of times and you're like, wow, these guys are pretty good. Or like, did, were you just looking at random teams or like, what was your first like inclination at looking at them? I think the first reason I actually started to write them off was because their, their hard matchups are elite teams, like teams that can beat them in mm -hmm. melee can really Oh, Ryan, do you agree with that? Like teams that are good in melee, like good elite teams, legionary or intercession, if you play them right, can be their stumbling block. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, Gellerpox as well, even like the Chaos Cult matchup, those aren't easy matchups for them. Yeah. Like a team that can statistically like pump out more damage and more crits than you um, in melee, your safe space, is a problem. But so they can that, bully the guard teams. So does that make... Because the other big baddie that we haven't talked about is commandos. Does how do they fare into commandos? Who's another like I, I think they have melee balance team? The what? I think they have a good match. It's a tougher match into a great commandos player, but like against an average commandos player, I think they have a good match. I think it's legitimately fifty fifty in that matchup. Um, I don't think either side has the advantage because the commandos they have the versatility, um, mm -hmm. but. Also, if they don't quite roll well on the shooting, then the Felgors get in, and then they get the Spear Melee. It's, it's a big back and forth, and it really depends on how well the Felgor player can leverage just a scratch. Um, Fully agree. How many teams have a balanced match in the Commandos? There's not many. Not, not many. many, no. Elites are good in the Commandos. Other than Elites... Most people just struggle. So being on equal footing, and if you can be a better player, you can beat a Commandos player with Felgor. Now, if you're a great Commandos player and a great Felgor player, that really genuinely is a 50-50. You're pretty actually well-balanced. Um, whereas a lot of teams, Felgor has the upper hand, and a lot of teams, Commando has the upper hand. So I actually like that. I like that, like, hey, this isn't like one of the strongest teams in the meta, Pretty close. That's mm -hmm. not bad. And if you're not a great player, Felgor has the advantage. Yeah, and a lot of people don't know how to play. Like, I know that you said that, uh, inter like intercession and um, 
Intercession and uh, Legionary are, are good into Felgor, but a lot of people don't know how to play that matchup still because Felgor yeah. is a, a less taken team. And in my mm-hmm. opinion, you're the one that first told me how you beat them as Intercession, and that is with a uh, power sword. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's, shh, 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 quiet. Don't, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, do we want to reveal that? We do. I don't, I don't know if you want to uh, spill that tea. Well, I mean, join like because one of the things before we go on, I realized, hey, they're like there's like easy ways to counter this team, and then you bring them, and you're like, oh my gosh, people don't know how to counter this team. And they're like, I think even if I face the bad matchups, if they don't understand, I still have a good shot. And now you are going to go and give away their secrets. Is that what you're telling me, Dakota? We're going to give away all of Felgor's secrets oh, in this yeah. episode. Do oh, it. Are you okay with this? Oh, 100%. <laughs> oh, damn you. Oh. Okay, kidney jelly. All right. So um, the, the first thing that you do is that you take more melee operatives than you typically would, um, and you give them tilting shields, and then you take your leader, you give them a power sword flamer, uh, hand flamer, and you give them a tilting shield. And then with your singular gunner, um, you which is your, your grenade launcher, you might give them all specs or you don't give them anything and you just take all tilting shields. So, um, and essentially what that does is it, you then take your rapid and you turn it into, um, deflect or whatever it's called. What is it called? Duelist. Uh, duelist. And, uh, then you're able to, you know, stop quite a few of their tricks, uh, trade more proficiently with, in melee. And when they get tied up in melee, you can flame you can flame a bunch of bottles um, or before they get tied up because they have to be, you know, valid targets. But um, with three APL, you could always fall back and then flame throw them with five dice, right? So um, it's a relatively easy strategy, but you have to practice. You can't just go in and expect to beat Felgor with any team, right? Because there's a, there's a couple teams out there that can that can beat them, but specifically for, for them. Do you guys have any... Um, to simplify what you just said, I think the key thing is make Felgor fight you on their activation. Mm-hmm. So if you move up pistol or do basic shooting damage while you're holding points or actioning points and make them, if you're elites, if you're intercession or legionary and you, like if you're intercession, do the dueler, things like that. If you rush up and make them on their turn charge and fight you you take away their two activations because they're going to die on their activation because you will beat them in melee then you're fine Um, just get some damage to them before they charge you if you can grenades shooting flamer things like that um if you try to charge them and kill them on if you try to take the aggression and don't let them come to you big problem but that's my thoughts what do you think of ryan yeah, um, typically that's where you want to be. You always want to shoot them, as always, but you don't want to take on a full health Felgor because odds are, no matter what the melee model is, there's a good chance one of you win that fight. But if you're charging, typically you want to you want to win that fight. Um, and then on the if you do win that fight, you're probably going to take at least four to five damage in return, and then they're frenzied, which means they at least smack you for at least another four to five damage um, at bare minimum. Um, which is just unnecessary. You know, you charge your Marine in or whoever, then you possibly just died for no reason. You traded. Um, and you can't trade versus Felgor because that's their whole mechanic. They, you know, ensure that they can trade for one for one in the best case scenario. 
So yeah, you definitely want to take them out on their activation because then frenzy just doesn't work. And if your team's mechanic doesn't work, that's how you know you're beating your opponent. Well, I think it's twofold. Number one, you take them out in their activation, which takes out their <clears throat> their frenzy second activation. But also, it makes you very action efficient. If you roll up, stand on points, action points, or shoot, and you make them try to take you out on their activation, it makes you incredibly action efficient. Yeah, I would agree. So... Um <clears throat> all right guys? that's all this secrets build and we're done now that's a good <laughs> <laughs> yep that's all the secrets we no don't more need secrets. to do anymore <laughs> uh, we're gonna keep doing more aren't we we are ah. so, so is there any other teams outside of cultists outside of legionary outside of intercession um or commandos that have a you know a decent shot into this team vetguard always has a shot they just do, even though it's pretty much lost on Into the Dark. Uh, do you guys have any other teams that you guys think are... It, okay? It's not lost on Into the Dark. I feel like Felgor has a hard time synergizing on Into the Dark. But Vetgard is definitively one of the teams that can be good into Felgor. I would I would say that there's a lot, there's a lot of teams that can still beat Felgor. Like, I, I don't think Felgor are just like the end-all be-all to a lot of teams. And some of the you elf teams, yeah. yeah, like in some of the elf teams, I think it's extremely hard for them to win. But one of the biggest problems Felgor will always face is loot. Um, mm. If you're playing for me, if 1, you're playing thousand percent, absolutely, yeah. that's our hardest match by a mile. Yeah, loot makes any match favorable for your opponent uh, if you're playing Felgor, just because and, you know the ghosts can't do it, especially <laughs> especially loot on Into the Dark, right? Yeah, because it's a lot of extra activations, dude. Yeah, and you have to leave two models on like objectives. You can, it's oh my gosh, loot on in the dark is so difficult. It's not necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> I think so, Orion's thinking like I don't think Jimmy knows how to play this team. <laughs> no, no, I, I would agree. So, I mean, so, you, have to, you have two guys on the back who hit objectives, and then two guys who go and open a door. You've already wasted four models doing jack shit. You know. It's true. Uh, imagine how space marines feel. Um, but I mean, they're they have three three. APL. They yeah. at least have three APL. Yeah, that's a tomato potato situation. <laughs> so we'll go over some of the operatives, and then we'll go into some like um, some strategies via turning points on both you know, open and into the dark, so that players can you know listen if they're thinking about picking up Felgor or playing Felgor, they can relatively do this with a couple strats from some of the some of the pros. So uh Felgor Ironhorn, the leader of the team, is very important because he can call the herd. Is that what it's called? War cry? Call the attack is what it's call called. Call the attack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um do you guys always take him with the plasma pistol? No. Oh. Why don't you in what instances do you not take the plasma pistol? Uh, every game, I don't take the plasma pistol. Um, really? Playing against commandos. Commandos is the only place where I take it. Is it because I think it's the plasma damage? damage? It's and just so a, it guarantees like a kill on them. All right. So here's the yeah, deal. So, I got so drunk I didn't pay attention for a little bit. So, Felgor Ironhorn, your leader, do you always take the plasma pistol? 
Never. Not once. Wow. I would never think that. So neither one of you really take the plasma pistol. Um, interesting. Why yeah, is no. that? I'll, I'll just start it. It's um, the other pistol. Um, it's not that much better. Um, the trade-off really is the melee weapon. The melee weapon is fantastic with your strategic play ambush, where a lot of times if you're going against an eight to 10 wound model team, exclusion commandos for my personal opinion, um, if you charge into somebody, you're pretty much guaranteed two crits, um, which is a big deal because the sword has rending. The other one has brutal. Um, mm. But it's four five rending, which for your melee versus four four brutal, and a lot of cases you just want that four five rending. It's just fantastic. It's harder to parry out of. It increases your luck to pretty much two shot any eight wound model, eight Fair. eight to ten wound. I don't like the plasma pistols well because you need all your CP for all your dumb little tricks. Um, and I'd rather spend them there than having to reroll to not to have my leader die on his own activation. Because like you said, if you die in your own activation, that's a bad time. The plasma pistol increases that chance. Um, obviously, you don't have to supercharge, but who doesn't supercharge? We're playing angry goats. We're going to supercharge. Like, uh, the only time I do take it is versus commandos because it's the number one thing to help leverage just a scratch where you might get enough dice through that it doesn't matter if they have the CP for it. You just killed them anyway. Right. Fair. Okay. There's also a potential case in a Talons matchup, which is not like a common team you face, but Custodes is one of the hardest things for mm -hmm. Felgor to face. Custo uh, Felgor just bounce off Custodes. It's so tough. You can't stun them, so the Toxhorn, Toxbomb does nothing. Um, they can turn off crits. Um, they can double parry. The Custodes can double parry. It's so freaking tough. One of the only things you have is the chance to overcharge a plasma pistol. Um, so yeah, like I think talons and commandos are the only time you take it. But for the most part, the ability to take balanced and rending for three five damage is fantastic. Like that's that's a no brainer in the average matchup. That's fair. Okay. And like Orion said, the melee weapon. The Corrupted Chainsword is just definitively better. And with Ambush, so anyone who's listening, Ambush is for one CP, and you can turn a normal hit into a crit. And then with Rending, you can take another normal hit yeah. and then turn it into a crit. So you, you can essentially get two crits. You're guaranteed two crits with <clears throat> Ambush and a very decent likelihood of three crits um, with a model that hits on twos. So yeah, Ambush with that Corrupted Chainsword is super strong. But it's definitively by far the best uh, melee weapon. And then the pistol is just a objectively not the the plasma pistol can be good and it, it's spiky. It really spikes one way or the other. But yeah, the thing is the pistols the pistols don't change that much if we only looked at the pistols. Yeah. Um Agreed. if the dude was just equipped with the pistol and a fist, I think you'd still take the plasma pistol for the chance to just spike the damage through. But because you get such a better melee weapon, um, opposed to the bludgeon, which is really only good only against an eight wound team. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah, like Void Dancer. A bunch of Eldar. Eldar. Yeah. Eldar. Man. But in that case, again, you want the pistol. Corrupted Chainsword still just as good against Eldar. Right. True. Yeah. So it's not, not like <laughs> both are just as good. There is just no reason you would ever not want to take the Corrupted Chainsword. It's fair. And if that is significantly better, and 
the corrupted pistol is marginally better, then it's just all better towards taking corrupted pistol and corrupted chainsword. So when when would you guys call uh, call the attack? Is it every strategy phase that you can? Or oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, you just it, there's no right way to say who dashes or when you should use it when you shouldn't. Of course, that's really depends on the match and how things are going. Because I've used it offensively, defensively, but you do it every turn unless your leader's dead. Fair. So. Um, Before we move on, can I talk about a common mistake, a mistake I made during LVO? Of course. Uh, when you call the attack, especially turn one, you want to optimize it. But it's very easy, I think, to try to overload one side and have too many models dash. Like sometimes you want to get so much efficiency out of it, you just overload one side. And I think it's important to make sure you have several models take advantage of that dash, but don't overcommit. Don't... Um, try to over-optimize the call the attack. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, Ryan, do you agree with that? Uh, yeah. I mean, more often than not, unless I'm on like into the dark, I don't really dash more than like two or three models with it. Um, just cause like most cases your goats aren't really doing anything, but moving and dashing turn one anyway. So just because you dash them doesn't mean they're getting into a better position than they could have by just moving and dashing from the right. start. That's fair. That's very fair. In fact, you might yeah. just be dashing them into the open. So it's always for no reason. sometimes you can really move a bunch of models, especially on in the dark. It's really nice. Like sometimes that dash gets you behind the second wall. So you can be right behind a door. Um, there's some really strong advantages, but you can really stack it up where you can get a bunch of models in one area. And there are some games where I'm like, I really just want to move all these models up behind this wall where they're in a better pose to strike out turn two or whatever, or even potentially turn one. Um, you don't want to stack too many people. You can really get a lot of people in the, the area where called the attack and affect them. You want to take advantage of it. You don't want to overload. So that, that I guess that's all I'm saying. Yeah. That's I have I'm played saying. one game um, with my girlfriend where she was learning Felgors and she made a play I had never seen before. She put everyone within the call the attack bubble. I was playing a close combat team as well. So she's like, fuck it. Everyone is going to be affected by call the attack. Cause you can manage it. Um, really? <laughs> and the entire team dashed forward. I'm like, Oh, I, I didn't think about that. <laughs> so, 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 so every, everyone on the podcast knows Orion's training partner, secret training partner who wins him all of his games is angel. She is a badass at kill team. She just doesn't come to tournaments. Mm-hmm. She teaches them all the secret tricks, just like that one. Yeah, that one was one I hadn't even really considered before. <laughs> so um, I think I jumped the gun just a tad. Typically, we talk in order. So um, let's go into uh, Frenzy. We've Everyone kind of knows what Frenzy does. So strategic ploys. Do you guys have a s- favorite strategic ploy that you guys use? Like all the time, other than pelting fire firepower, apparently, Jimmy. I mean, why else would you use why? What what would you spend your CP for if not for pelting yeah. firepower? Yeah, that's true. That's I true. feel like before we move on and actually discuss this, we have to have the yeah oh, yeah, yeah yeah yeah. We gotta yeah. we gotta get this out. Dakota, you're gonna start us off. I don't want to have to talk. 
Yeah, of I'm course. Too, I'm too busy insulting people through my DMs as we're having this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, Jimmy and Orion um, talked about if they were going to play on stream at LVO, they made a pact because they were both playing Felgor. Um, and do Orion, do you want to? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So the concept here is the Felgor mirror match is legitimate cancer. Uh, nobody likes it. It's not fun. <laughs> um, so what I proposed to Jimmy was if we play, we're going to make it the most fun by we only spend CP for pelting firepower, nothing else. Um, and there was an immediate like glimmer of hope in his eyes because that sounded just like the most fun we could have. Um, and we weren't going to tell anyone. We weren't going to explain any rationale. We were just going to get on stream and just spam pelting firepower and have a good old Western shootout on those boards. No melee. You're just oh just yeah. goats shooting goats. Uh, and we were going to hope that the chat just blew up in hysteria. We were <laughs> I because that would be fun. Yeah, I regret so much that 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 did not get to happen. That would have been better than a day at Disneyland. That would have been it's so true. much fun. By the way, <laughs> not just other strategic boys tactical ploys would we play blood sense of course not animalistic fury never no wild yeah, rage those things work for melee. we're shooting yeah yeah <laughs> are we here to fight no we're in a shootout with people that are mostly blind um what's the mangler do not a damn thing that's what our goal was for that entire game it didn't get to happen and we blame that on you dakota so yeah, we do we do blame that on you well i gave orion five chances to play you okay seriously <laughs> Not enough. Not enough. You should have rigged it. Yeah, one more. It would have been a glorious match. It should have been 10. LVO should have been 10 rounds instead of nine. It should have been. That was your mistake. (laughs) Yeah. If there was one more round, we were right. We were like tickling each other. We were so close. You guys were right there. Yeah. I think we had the same number of total like uh, primary and secondary points, but we were one tournament point apart. Uh Oh, Which, by the way, just so you know, I'm going to throw this out there. I've told Dakota this. Like, uh, we were so close. We were, like, right there. Like, Titan points, and you were one point ahead. But, like, here's the funny thing about tournaments. We may have, on paper, looked so close. You are so far better of a player and better of a player. It looks like we were close. You were, like, light years ahead of me, and I was just able to catch up. Like, I just – like, I was – I'm the guy carrying like your water bottles and I'm like, I'm here too. And I'm like running behind you. Like I'm, it was on paper. looks so much for so much closer than it really was. Uh, I don't think so. I think we started the day right next to each other, table to table. And we ended the entire tournament basically at table to table. So I think we both ended where we started. And I think that's cool. Oh, Ryan. I love that. See, look, he's such a nice guy. I'm the kill team <laughs> asshole and Ryan's like the class act. I love that. That's fantastic. Well, that is, that is what the, the ballad said at the top of the podcast, right? Yeah. That's why uh, you didn't get any suits in there. That's, that's why you didn't get any suits. <laughs> oh, I'm still so mad about that. I want a suit. Dakota, write me a suit poem right now. <laughs> Chat GPT would have to do it. So going back to strategic boys, do you guys have a specific strategic boy, maybe outside of ambush? Uh, that you guys use a lot. And if you do, what scenarios do you typically find yourself using? I've got one I use almost every turning point one. I don't know if you do too as well, Ryan. Uh, I do not. Um, Typically, I never spend for any of them more than once. Oh, turning point one against any team that like can shoot decently. I almost always pick reckless determination. Okay. Uh, What is reckless determination? 
I'm sorry. I thought you were a TO that like knew okay. the game really well. So until until the end. Are you speaking up? Who's, who's talking to me? I don't know what's going on here. I thought Dakota was an expert. What's going on? So until the end of the turning point, each time a shooting attack is made against a friendly Felgor operative that is not ready in the roll defense dice step of that shooting attack, before you roll the defense dice, you can retain one successful without rolling it. Yep. Retain one save outside of cover. So if you have cover, you're retaining two saves and you have 10 wounds. Yep. As long as you've already activated. Yes. Yeah. So when you move out, like generally you can deploy fairly safely. So when you move out, even if you go to light cover, and by the way, this is going to segue and transition very nicely into the fact that I generally um, don't just take a bunch of war paint. Mm. So I like to take the five up invuln against vet guard and uh, Castrican on a few key models that I know are going to go out, especially if I know they're going to be behind light cover. Hmm. Like the mangler, like the manglers, fucking mangler. All right. Um, <laughs> so Orion, you said that you try to only use each one of these once and you're saying you use pelting firepower. Um, I do use pelting firepower. Yeah. Oh. Not every match, but there are a few matches that I most certainly will. Like which ones? Uh, I, I like using it against cults and I like using it against skeller pox where there's a big target where it's worth pumping a couple shots into cause it won't kill them. Mm-hmm. Um, but whether it deals damage or not is relevant because the next shot will deal damage. Is um, it also good into the Felgor mirror match? No, not really. Uh, no, it's not the cancer It's yeah. the so, best option in the mirror match. <laughs> only, the only option in the mirror match. <laughs> the only, I say. No, but in, in, in all seriousness, like it's always ambush turn two, unless you really are playing against a weak team. Um, reckless determination is good. I do play it turn one against vet guard, but that's the only one I play it turn one against unless somebody sent me up a map that has like two pieces of terrain. So, that, <laughs> so against some seven wound teams, I don't find the need to play ambush cause I don't need the crits. Oftentimes mm-hmm. I feel like when you need the crits, it can be great, but I don't, I actually don't always take ambush. So yeah, tip, um, sorry, tip, go ahead. tip for those, those, uh, vet guard players out there. If you into the breach against Felgor, you, you will do get, it. It's a great choice. Please you, do it. Yes, please do it. Yes. You Always will come closer. get charged. We want to see you. We want to give you a hug. Um, that's this is the one team. Unless if you are actively trying to steal points, turning point one, and you only want to into the breach with like two operatives to then move, 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 and steal like two back objectives. This is like the one team that you don't take into the breach against. Like, I can't tell you how many times Jimmy has fought. I think I think Travis Chang and Austin both made this exact error into uh, Jimmy playing um, playing Pathfinders. They forward deployed the drone. They thought the drone was safe, and guess what? It wasn't. Jimmy was able to charge him. Uh, in fact, Jimmy made the charge of the year in one of those games. He was able to charge the drone, kill it, reposition into four other operatives, Pathfinder operatives, and then next turn, eat them for lunch. Uh, what fan- the hell? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> charge of the yeah. fucking year. Literally. <laughs> oh, yeah. I did a recon dash. Turning point one. Oh, no, no, no. I knew recon dash. I did a call the attack and I changed uh, infiltrate to switch the, the thing. I paid Wild Rage for the extra inch on the charge. 
uh-huh. uh, with the flux spray, which had relentless. And I was able to get enough to kill the recon drone in melee, which is rough because you have to get like pretty much four successes. Um, but hitting on threes relentless, definitely possible. After I got the kill, ruthless rampage, and there was four models uh, grouped up, was able to peg all of them. And they, it was just, it was a night, it was done. Like it was five models basically taken out of the game with one activation. It was like my first activation of the turn. So, yeah. uh, of turning very point, fun. Yeah. And so, because it was Pathfinders, no one wept. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's not lying. So, I think, I think that's, that's important to realize for anyone who, who out there who can forward deploy. You don't typically want to forward deploy into Felgor. I, I mean, maybe when commandos could do three, I'm not sure. Um, but they can't anymore. So, you know, don't. <laughs> um, okay, interesting. That's wild. Yeah. So, so you mentioned Wild Rage is a tactical ploy you like to use a lot. Uh, adding the extra inch to the movement characteristic of a guy that activates. Um, I just want to point something out here. This has nothing to do with really a question, but if you notice that ruthless rampage, animalistic fury and wild rage could all have their names change and probably still mean the same thing. Protect. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I never point. call them by their names because it's just too confusing for my opponent. <laughs> exactly. Cause I was just reading them and was getting confused. Um, but outside of wild rage, which obviously makes the most sense, you would definitely want to take that one. What's one that you're finding yourself using most commonly? I feel this is one of the most balanced teams. I don't know if you agree with this, Ryan. All right, but like, <laughs> I what this fucking guy? Not balanced. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> Their ploys. I never lean too much on any one of them. Okay, like fine. you always. I very rarely use one more than once, and I use all of them on a regular basis. They all get you blood sense super strong. Um. Like the extra one damage, um, animalistic fury is one additional damage on the first strike for the critical hit. Incredible. Like every single ambush, violent temperament, reckless determination, every single one of these has a very key place it's used. Yeah. There's like some teams have like one or two really strong, like, you know, top tier ploys you use and you just lean on those really heavy. This team, it's all about when you use the specific ploys. There are none of them that are like, oh, this is the ploy that needs to be changed. They're all very good if you know exactly when to use them. Yeah. Um, for the most part, like I said, they don't do an ungodly amount. Like, plus one inch of the move for one ZP. If you put that on some other teams, n- nobody would really care. Um, it's not would thing- care. Even that, this is not something that would break <laughs> the team. It's not. It, it would be a good ploy for anybody, but it's not an insane ploy like Barge, mm-hmm. for example, for right, Valor, right. or for Gellerbox or something. Like that, or just if this team had Barge. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Do not um, give them any ideas. They will use it. <laughs> but yeah, it, the, they're all pretty situational. But the situations come up quite often, and it, it, it's what makes them always usable. Um, so they're, they're all pretty pretty good. Fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, this feels like, at least looking at the technical ploys, it feels like you'd probably start with Wild Rage to then jump into Ruthless Rampage after you've done Animalistic Fury to kill a guy and then try to use Blood Sense right after. If you wanted to try to do like a four CP combo or something. Oh, you can spend all your CP in one turn. With Easy, the yeah. You gotta be real careful about it. There's plenty of activations. You can use three CP in a single activation. Yeah. Like, you can dump. 
like and make one really strong ploy. Like you can use Blood Sense, Wild Rage, and you know Ruthless. You can do all four in one go. You can yeah, boom, all done. Three is nothing. Like, but here's the like someone reached out to me recently. They're asking for like advice on like how to run the team. Here's the really tough part. There's no formula. It's not like oh, this is what you want to do. Turn one, you do this. Turn two, you do that. Um, there's a couple tips or things we can get into, but really you need to play the team several times to find out the optimum times to pop these different things. When you can find the optimum time to pop Blood Sense, Ruthless Rampage, Wild Rage, all that kind of stuff, it really helps you utilize the team correctly. Takes you from you know level 5 to level 10. That, that feels right, because you probably could use any of these tactical ploys, and it would still be good. Um, but, you know, knowing when to use it, like you just mentioned, is probably the way to go. Yeah, like if you want to be a great commando player, learn when to pop just a scratch. Like, it's always beneficial, but there's key times when it's crucial. And if you know exactly when to save it and when to use it, you're a much better commando player. It's good to recognize optimal plays. Speaking of optimal plays, you have tech ops, and I'm, I'm fairly certain relentless aggression is like the most taken one. Is that correct? Does that sound right? Not against top players. Really? Really? What do you take in that scenario? I found good players know how to deny relentless aggression. I know how to deny relentless aggression against other players. Um, against mid to lower players, like mid tables, lower tables, it's great. It works plenty good enough. Great players know how to stop it. They know it's a prone thing. They know how to stop it. Um, no, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. I scored every <laughs> game at OPO. Yeah, I watched. I watched Orion <laughs> consistently take relentless aggression. So I'm only basing it off of that. Oh, I have never not maxed that time out. <laughs> really, I've. I don't know. I've been able to stop. Well, I, I don't know. Not you, but like <laughs> I've been able to stop other Felgor players from scoring that twice. Oh, sure. Um, um, you can stop it. It's not impossible. Um, as the Felgor player, however. Ooh. Um, so <laughs> no, I'm not saying like he's not a Felgor player. I'm just saying like on the reverse side, like if I'm against okay. the Felgor, yes, I can deny it. Okay. So okay. as a Felgor. I, I take it a lot. If I went against Orion and he knows how that scored and how to stop it, I feel like he would be able to. Um, or I give him chances where it becomes possible. Um, actually, in a mirror match, it's pretty it's consistently easy. It. Yeah, it's yeah. like you're going to score it twice. Um, but if you go against a really top, like, I don't know, Baki, um, you go against, I don't know, Adrian. But you took it against Adrian. Did you max it against Adrian? Yeah, I didn't. I took it every game at LVO, and I maxed it every game. Yeah, I guess even Adrian, like, he's going to stick his orcs in, you're going to get it. It's, it's yeah. undeniable there. Well, it's um, not. It's one of those things where, like, I pretty much maxed it almost turn two in almost all my games. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, I guess uh, it's a really strong one. I feel like I, f- I feel like as more time goes by, this is a tack op that can be denied. I'm able to deny it on a regular basis because I kn- I understand it and I know how to play against it. Most people are not going to put the mental load into stopping it now. The more time they get, they can do it. Um, I don't. Know, I like things that you can set up where you know you can get the points. So scoring their ways against certain factions. If I play against Vet uh, Guard, I like scoring their ways. Um, there's Kastrikin. I like scoring their ways. Mm-hmm. Um, there's certain times I like scoring their ways. There's certain teams. 
if I want to challenge and it, it's fun, I like Felgor Champion. That's a fun one. Um, but Relentless Regression is incredibly solid most of the time. In really, really top tables, it can be stopped. And the more time goes by, I think the more it can be stopped because it's definitively blockable. It's fair. Yeah, because so, I'm... Felgor Champion just seems all right. It's the worst of the three. Yeah, yeah Felgor Champion is strictly for fun, in my opinion. Yeah, use that with Scoring your ways is if you want to thumbs down your opponent. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a pretty good choice. Uh, if you want to <laughs> just straight up thumbs down. I think when you flip over the card, you do give them a thumbs down. That's mm-hmm. a, <laughs> that's what I mean, yeah. yeah exactly. Like, I don't like that guy. He's going to die. Scorned. <laughs> It's by the way, fantastic against the demo mine on Betguard. It is. Whoa. So they have that like if Dakota is like, I love to take my demo mine and shove him down your throat. And you're like, hey, just so you know, if he comes to my side of the board, I get two points. Like, let him deal with that for a second. Like, how about you take your demo mine out of the game or you give me two free points? That's a fun mental game. So my my only problem with that is typically there's a lot of places where scoring their ways is great. There's teams where it's like, this is really good. You know, you target thrice cursed. He's a great target. He's going to come towards you. Right. Um, but sometimes I found it's just like, why am I doing this when I'm just going to score relentless aggression anyway, and not have to worry about killing that one guy. Cause sometimes that guy doesn't die or sometimes he dies within six and not within melee. Um, where you only get the one point opposed to the two. Beta decima maps, uh, right? Yeah, that, well, that one's that one's a little. I'm not considering beta decima for this conversation. <laughs> so, so I'm totally willing to admit I very well might just be overthinking this, and I think you should probably just listen to Orion on this one. Um, I'm able to block relentless aggression, and if I have a consistent play partner who plays against me, and they know this specific tactic, and they are going to work against trying to stop this specific tack op. Like it's it's possible. If you go to a typical tournament, it's not gonna happen. You're gonna get this two turns in a row. Um so maybe just don't overthink it. Relentless aggression is probably the if you're just starting off by the way, just take it. If you're just trying to learn the team, get into it, learn how to optimize them, I think there's no question it's the easiest to get into and understand. Um I think if you want nuance or to understand things, there's if you just want to think like, hey, I take this and get two points every time, some teams might surprise you sometimes. Oh, but for sure. Yeah, yeah. Probably the best way to start. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, moving on to the rest of the the operatives, right? I, the cool thing about Felgor is that every model is good. And I think that's one of the my issues with the team is that they don't have a warrior. Like every single dude is fucking good. <laughs> Like, I fucking helped it, hate this guy, and most people know him as Gong Man or Bellboy. Or, or his name is Bing Bong. Bing Bong, <laughs> right? Buckmaster. Yeah, Bong Master Goat. Um, his name is Bing Bong, and you will respect it. <laughs> so the Felgor Death Knell, uh, he has the War Gong, which any operatives within three inches uh, basically take any crits, and they inflict normal damage. So it's pretty much impossible. If you kill a model and he's frenzied, 
and the war gong is nearby, it's impossible to shoot them and kill them with a crit uh, if you're lucky enough to roll a crit and you're not a Casterkin model. Um, and they also ha- he also has the Icon Bear, which um, you treat this operative as ha- uh, APLs being one higher, right? So, and he also has a three ups invul, right? Uh, for one AP. So, which is, you know, really, really good. Except when Jimmy played me and he rolled all twos, you know? Um, we don't need to bring that up, Dakota. It's hurtful. Yeah. The, the demo man said, get fucked. And he, he did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, but, uh, I uh, pay, played reckless. He said, sorry, buddy. Um, I gave myself a three up in Vuln, And I was like, I get one save automatically. And then I have two three ups. I should be, f- no, two twos. Two twos. <laughs> yeah. Dose, dose. That's what happened. It is. I hate my life. I hate my life, Dakota. So um, how do you guys typically use this model in the majority of your games? And does it change from into the dark to open? You can go first. But, but what, if I, what if I don't want to? Um, I like to use a death knell to keep someone safe. So okay. if I need to throw someone in light cover, you have two options. You can use the uh, shaman to give him super conceal, or you can intentionally make him a target, which sometimes is fun to bait things out. Give a model a five up invul with the equipment, um, move the death knell to be within three inches of where he's going to go, and then move him up onto a, move the other model that has a five up invul onto a point behind light cover to action like loot or secure or just sit on a point. And, and heaven forbid you also out. did. Also, okay. heaven forbid you did reckless determination. Right. Oh, no, no. Generally, I always do. Okay. So, like, you're going to get a retain save. You're behind cover. So, unless they have no cover rule, you're going to get two cover saves. Even if they have a overcharged plasma, you're going to get two, you know, two saves. Um, and no crits. Um, and then it's you fantastic. Have two, then you have two five-up invuls, right? And then you have two. You have one more five-up invul. So you have you you get yeah, two cover saves automatically, and a chance for a third. One more on a five-up. Um, I like to try to bait out shots like that. You said so. Try to get a model to jump up on advantage and take a shot on that guy with light cover. Um, but like the death knell is such a crucial. Like the two most deviating slightly. I feel like the two most most important models you have to balance with your synergy are the death knell. And the uh, um, the oh, what is it? The herd goat. Those two models are so integral with synergizing with your team, um, turning off crits or getting the involved saves, and then the the comms with taking away melee attacks. So crucial in getting those two te- those two models working with your team. Um, but yeah, that's sort of one strategy. I like to put the death knell out have them within three inches of a model that's going to be vulnerable and uh, try to bait out some shots. How about you, Orion? Uh, for me, if I'm playing against any two APL team, my death knell usually goes pretty aggressive turn one, uh, where he'll either get whipped and steal an objective in the center for my opponent last minute. Um, or, you know, he just can just normally run up and take it without them realizing in general. Hmm. If it's like capture or something, you just, you know, move dash. If you need the extra inch, you send them out. So I'm usually pretty aggressive with my death knell turn one. I don't often use him for raising the shield and his within three inch ability is usually, um, 
so I can move up to the objective that he stole and then fight on that one with relatively like being relatively safe because you at least have to spend like two turns getting rid of the death nail. If he's my last activation, you might have one or two shooters that could shoot him, um, but it's not likely that you'll frenzy him. So he'll live the next turn. Next turn rolls by. If he activates and does something, that means he's there for the next turn. Uh, so you just kind of have that three inch no crit damage aura on an objective with an icon bear for about three turns. So I, I usually like to shoot him out and then hold a point in the middle with him. I love that you guys have two extremely different uses for the same model. That's already providing great. <laughs> it's going to be great for the rest of this podcast because I assume things are going to continue to deviate. <laughs> and the great thing is, is that you guys both, both of these strategies are extremely viable because you both did so well at LVO. Right? You yeah. know, like, I think the real yeah. winner's a tactic here is to listen to both of us and then do what Orion says. That's probably <laughs> if you want to play it optimally, just do that. Just be like, no, oh, listen to Jimmy, and then I threw. Yeah, all he did the same back. damn thing I did. <laughs> I don't yeah. know why he sold himself so short. <laughs> yeah, I think you're uh, all right. All right, <laughs> I appreciate that, Orion. That's very kind. Yeah. So um, <laughs> next up is the Gnarl Scar. Uh, I think that this is the one guy who I would levy a nerf at. Uh, if I was GW, uh, no, come in, in the no, next no. in the next uh, data Every, slate. Everyone talked very loudly, so that, uh, GW cannot hear Dakota <laughs> right now. Don't, don't let this get out. Narlscar is he's he's mid. Like no one even. Likes he's him. mid. Uh, yeah. He's mid. Oh, no one, right, right, right. We don't right. need to nerf this guy. We need to buff him. Like Bionic Fist, that's weak as shit. <laughs> no, like, yeah, this team doesn't use tech. Yeah. So this is the goat with the power arm. So whenever I play against these guys, they've they've hurt me in so many ways that I just I just know what these models are. Just be like, oh, that's the power arm guy. He's gonna throw a crack at me. You know, it's like, <laughs> all right, I get it now. Um, so this guy has a bionic arm, four or five damage, brutal. He has his ability is that he's cunning. So at the end of this uh, operative's activation, you can change its order to, uh, you can change its order. So heaven forbid you charge, you throw a crack grenade at somebody, you kill them, and then you're behind a barrier, and then you just turn them to conceal because why not? Um, amazing. Uh, and then he has uncom- uncompromising attack, which is one AP, and you get to make a free shoot action while in engagement range. And that's what t- people typically use the frag or the crack for. Now, what's interesting is that I believe Jimmy was telling me in one of his matches, he actually used the frag and he was he shot himself, but he didn't care. Um, so we'll get into that. Um Ryan, have you ever used the frag with this particular model or do you only use the crack? Yeah, no, all the time. He usually gets one of the grenades. Um, like, if I do use the frag grenade, I will suicide bomb. Um, <laughs> it's just too fun not to do. <laughs> I don't have to, so and I choose to. That's so cool. I, I like that. Me. <laughs> I thought, like, does anyone else drop the grenade on their own head? Like, or is that just like a Jimmy special? Like, you know, I like to eat the grenade and then run into battle. Like, no, that's. It's fun. No one's eating. Yeah, I treat him like a bomb squig. Oh, there you go. I like that. That's fair. A bomb squig that doesn't die, Um, (laughs) which is probably the best way to use him. So, since you both use that one, um, what are the instances that you guys would use the um, the frag grenade over the crack grenade on this particular model? I'll go first on this one. Um, Typically, the frag grenade is for targets. You know, if, you, if there's a lot of little targets, you want blast, obviously. 
you know, with all the pregame dashes, the extra movement, you can usually get this guy into a pretty good charge where you're going to hit a couple guys. Or you just charge one guy, you fight him and kill him, and then you throw the frag grenade afterwards. This guy's your biggest one to trade up. If you're out modeled on a team or you're behind, the frag grenade is there to level the playing field. And if you're on into the dark, it's just even better because it gains lethal five. So oh. if you can catch a lot of guys with blast, that's this is the guy you go for. Typically on into the dark, he's just running through a door into a group of people, getting all the blasts that he can. So the ultimate Chad mood move is that you 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 whip him, he charges, he fights, he kills, he throws his grenade, and then he switches to conceal behind a barricade. Oh yeah. Well, you don't, you don't need to whip him for that. He can just yeah. do that normally. Oh. Dakota, I don't think I understand how strong this model is. That's what everything you described is two APL. That's how freaking yeah. broken this is. Wait. I mean, he's he's under power. How is this possible? That's all. That's and compromising I mean. attack is a free fight action, then a free shoot action. You get it all, or vice versa, <laughs> or vice versa. Oh. And switch his oh. order. It's all free. Yeah, it's all free. <laughs> it's, it's literally like broken. And he has eleven wounds. He can take I'm, a frag grenade. I'm literally clapping for the rules writers at GW. Oh, don't do that. That's a sarcastic clap. We don't allow sarcastic clap in this podcast. Don't do it. So I literally a thousand percent agree with everything Orion said. Against hordes, five up saves, things like that, you bring the frag. Um, and if you specialty can targets, kill, you take the crack. Yeah. yeah, exactly. If you can get the kill and then throw a frag, you are lighting up their world. Like it is so devastating. If you can charge in, and vet guard is tough because if they're smart, that's when they pop only in death. You fight, and then you can't throw the frag because they can lock you up and keep it there. Um, but like pathfinders, you take a frag, you charge, you fight, you throw that frag, and you just decimate pathfinders. And that's what you did at this great. event, right? You played pathfinders, you charged, and then wasn't he frenzied and you? Th- yeah, I, I sacrificed. I don't know how much we want to get into that. I sacrificed two strong models, turn one, just to secure one side of the board to set up a, a like a beachhead, like a, a defensive bunker. And uh, but when I did charge and fight with the gnarl scar, I set him out in the open. I knew he was in a worthy cause, so he came and frenzied him, and I still was able to get my charge off. But he was able to roll a six in melee and he was able to parry away, uh, parry away one of my attacks, even though he had brutal. If he didn't roll a six, I would have killed the grenadier because I couldn't kill him. I just dropped the frag on him, hit me and him and a drone. Um, so and- he slowed it down a bit, but um, I was still able to like, I don't care if I, friend- like, I hit myself with the frag because I'm frenzied already. So it doesn't matter. Sure. Right. So, so- uh, rules question. Uncompromising attack, it being one APL, if you die and get removed in the middle of your shoot action, you can still perform the fight action because it's just costed one APL and you still get to continue, right? You're talking like if you're frenzied? Yeah, if you're frenzied and you get killed and like, let's say you throw the frag grenade first and you kill yourself. Yeah, you can still then do the fight if you're frenzied. Yeah, yeah. you finish your activation. Yeah, because it's just the one APL and you don't end your... That's what's one thing that they ruled incorrectly at worlds was they did the same thing with, uh, inquisition. Uh, I believe they ruled the fact that if you, uh, shot with your plasma pistol and you killed yourself with the plasma pistol pistolier, then, um, you couldn't make your second shooting attack. 
but uh, objectively, that's wrong as of step seven in the, 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 what I'm trying to say is that everyone gets rules wrong, even Games Workshop. So, yeah. Uh, no. I, I will add, this is, this model, pivoting a little bit, mm-hmm. is one of the one places where I do take corrupted rounds. Um, okay. I will slap the rending on his pistol because he shoots probably the most at anyone on the team. That makes right, sense. Right, because of uncompromising attack. Damn. Yeah, same. Wild. Amazing. Well, Ryan, get out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> So, I don't know how big brain that is. It's just, you know. Uh, I mean, I doubt, you know, there's there's Felgor players out there that didn't do that. And now they will. Most Felgor players, the vast majority, take nothing other than grenades and war paint. Yeah. True. Yeah, so, I mean, it's a good choice. <laughs> yeah. Hey, by the way, if you're starting out and you're like, how do I play this team? Grenades and war paint. You <laughs> put a grenade on Gnarl Scar and everyone else, as much as you can, gets war paint. That's fine. That's totally fine. There is a lot of fun and flexibility with the equipment that if you want a spicy life, by the way, do I like to play unoptimally and take different tack ops? Sure. I'm not very smart. So I like to do weird (laughs) things. Do I like to take not optimal equipment? Also fun. It's great. Join me on my journey to suboptimal play. Um, (laughs) That way the Gnarls card doesn't get nerfed. Yeah, (laughs) do what you can to help me keep the gnarl scar safe. Protect the gnarl scar. Let's start a GoFundMe. I don't know, but uh, yeah. But no, war paint is fantastic. But the rending for shooting, the rending for the melee, all of this equipment has some great. Like I mentioned before, the uh, five of infold. All this stuff has great play if you use it appropriately. So the more you play this team, the more you can find fun ways to mess with it, to tweak it, and get like extra fun stuff out of it. But you don't need to. None of it's needed. But yeah, the rending on the auto pistol for the knowledge car, fantastic. Definitely a fun little take. So next up is the Felgor Gorehorn. It's interesting when you look at Felgor, uh, a lot of the operatives, there's at least one operative for each chaos God. And then there's multiple for corn. This is the corn one. Uh, he has, uh, no, I think that's the skull taker. I apologize. I'm fucking an idiot. This is one of the, the <laughs> this is one this of is them. One, this is one of the top ones. The vandal would probably be the other. Yeah. yeah. So, so this model has the skull cleaver, which is just a giant ax. So when you guys look at them and you see an oak, uh, a, um, a goat with a giant ax, j- just be afraid of all goats. But this is one of them that you want to particularly fear. Five up lethal, um, four or five damage hitting on threes. Uh, it's the champion, so it can perform two fight activations. And Head Taker, while this operative doesn't have a frenzy token, each time it incapacitates a friendly operative in combat, roll a D3. This operative regains a number of wounds equal to the results. Until the end of the battle, add the results to the critical damage characteristic of this operative to a maximum of eight. So yes, he can do eight damage. It's wow. amazing. Um, he can do nine damage, technically. Technically, yes, because of the... Uh, the one play. The one ploy, right? Yeah. Yeah. The fury, something. Yeah. So it's like, hey, I see your custode and I'm going to hit him twice and do 16 damage. You'd be like, oh, well. I'm sorry. Did you think you could crit damage a custode? I think you need to brush up on your rules because that's not possible. That is true. That is true. That is true. Um, Sorry, I'm an asshole. I apologize. No one one takes (laughs) custodes outside of Jimmy Kelly and his children. Um, (laughs) 
the Jimmy Kellyans, if you will. Yeah, uh, the they're golden the golden jellies. So <laughs> the jelly family, if you will, the jelly family. So what? Do you guys typically use this model for, and does it change again on open or into the dark? Mm, he's got one good purpose, and that's to fight twice. That's the main real thing you want. Um, who he fights twice, who knows? That could change throughout the entire game. But usually, you know, you don't want him sitting in the back lines. You want him getting up into turn two, smacking somebody around, and hopefully blood sensing if you can leverage it. Uh, if you can get him into combat turn one, because somebody pushed too far. Um, that's the great place to be. Because then typically, if you fight them, and maybe they don't die, you can fight them turn two. You can do a blood, um, not blood sense, the uh, the one that lets you do the three-inch de- three charge. I think that is blood sense. No, no, no. No, like, it's the uh, double activation. It's ruthless rampage. Is the yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the angry one. Yeah. Well, no. Rudy, that helps. They, yeah, they help. all do the same thing. Rudy they all do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And the then one you that lets them charge. Th- yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Usually, you want to double kill. That way, this guy can get some bunch of health back. His axe usually goes to eight by the end of it, and then he can get frenzied. And guess what? He'll charge into somebody else the next turn, and then do it all over again, <laughs> and then die. But yeah. hey. <laughs> Uh, at that point in time, you're killing a striking scorpion in one hit or a void dancer in one hit. So, hey, he did his job, right? Seriously. Yeah, usually this guy is the one you sacrifice. He doesn't have too many outlandish plays besides go kill at least three guys. <laughs> which is fair. Which is fair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Jimmy, do you do anything spe- specific with this model? No, same thing. If I okay. feel like someone's going to... Um, I set him in range of the comms, right? The herd goad. So I have a choice where I can comms him turn one if I feel someone's going to misplay and you can get that turn one strike if you add Wild Rage um, to get the charge. And I always have him set up so you can do the Ruthless Rampage, whether or not he has three APL or not. Because if you get the kill and just charge him into someone else, fantastic. He's good for next turn. Um, I think most commonly if people are playing well, I try to move him forward but keep him far enough back where he can't be, if you lose the initiative, he won't be struck. So you can comms him turn two and use him as a counterpunch. So anyone that moves into the range, he can charge, he can fight, he can ruthless rampage potentially. Um, he's a fantastic uh, counterpunch threat. But you can cool. use him all different ways. It depends on the board, it depends against the player, it depends how... Here's the thing. Any player you play against, if they start playing too aggressively, it opens up so many avenues for you. If they bring too many models up, there's so many ways to punish them. Um, But if, let's say, they're playing cautiously, there are still some great threats you can bring to the table where you're like, hey, move into my area and I will punish you very severely. And this is one of the best models to be a threat to lock down an area. Got it. So next up, we're going to talk about the Felgor herd goad, who's just the Felgor comms. He has a whip. It does a lot of, I hate the whip. It does a lot of damage and it's not damage you expect either. Um, it's range three, lethal four stun fucking heaven forbid, uh, hitting on twos, two, three damage. Um, and the whip basically whip control with if there's an enemy operative within three inches of this operative subtract one to the attack characteristics of that melee of that person's melee um 
And one additional action point must be subtracted for their fallback. And then they have Incite Fury, which is within three inches. You can whip somebody and give them plus one APL. Um, now, it sounds like, Orion, uh, you love to give, or at least you like to give the, the Death Knell your plus one APL for the first turning point. Um, is there any other operatives that you guys, either one of you, like to give the plus one APL, or is it still situational? There's usually two that I give it to. If I will give it to the Death Knell if I need it. Sometimes you don't, though. Like on Capture, you're perfectly fine just to move Dash the Death Knell up. Um, in which case, I'll whip the Vandal after he's already gone because the Vandal is usually my target mm-hmm. because I know he'll always get some good consistent damage through. And I think he's the best way to maximize the extra APL in a lot of cases. But I will whip like the Gorehorn or something like that. Um, but those are typically my three choices for extra whipping, unless I'm doing something real cheeky with the Toxhorn. Yeah, I feel like there's... <clears throat> This really exposes how many fun ways there are to play this team. Um, in one of my games against a Pathfinder player, I used the whip, um, the APL, on the Flux Bray. And that allowed me to do a dash and then do the 8-inch move where you can uh, move through people and do the mortal wounds. So in that discussion earlier where I was talking about I wasn't able to kill the Grenadier because he rolled a 6 and parried out, so I just dropped the frag on his head. Which did kill him, and it wound. It did some wounds to a uh, uh, shield drone or a gun drone, which was then going to be able to move up onto advantage and light up my objective. I whipped the flex spray, dashed, and then did an eight-inch move. I forget if I paid a CP to get making a nine-inch move, but I was able to get within um, distance of that gun drone and give it D three plus one mortals. And was able to kill it. And that able, that was able to secure me locking down that objective. There are so many different ways. You can give it to the Vandal. You can give it to the Gnarl Scar to do a move dash and then a frag. Um, and then switch back to conceal. There are so many different models that can benefit. It's just how you use it and how you uh, synergize it together. There's endless ways to do it well. That is fair. There that are. Fair. There's also... So I tend to use this guy. I will whip somebody turn one. Past that, though, I usually use this guy on his own. He's pretty good by himself. Um, and in certain cases, if you're playing against like Galapax or Chaos Cultist, this guy is your ace in the hole more so than any other melee model because of how much stun he has. Um, and if you pair him with something like Pelting Firepower, it can get really insane real fast. Yeah, surprisingly, Felgor are really... They have a lot of stun, like way more than you would expect. Mm-hmm. I mean, that makes sense. They want to dominate their By the opponents. Way, Orion mentioned the Pelting Firepower um, aspect with the Herd Goat to me at LVO. And when he mentioned it, my head blew up. Like, it's such a strong combo. Orion, do you want to mention that specifically? Or you kind of alluded to it, but just spell I it mean, out for the people. Yeah, typically, like, uh, if I'm going to use Pelting Firepower, it's against. Primarily something like Galapax or Colt, where I will hit one of the Hulks. Um, usually it'll be just either with the Narlskar Crack Grenade or vice, you know, something, something dumb. Where, you know, you do some damage and you get the pelting, and then all of a sudden you can kind of get this whip up on a target who you've hit a puzzling firepower onto up to like, you know, four, five, or five, six damage. Um, 
and it just gets insane because you're more likely than not getting three to four crits with this whip. And that's just like plasma with four crits. I mean, what are you going to do about it? Jesus. Um, absolutely nothing. Uh, and stun as well, in case you did live. The whip guy is a very unique model. I've uh, It's one of the few comms that just can stand on his own. I've even used him, weirdly enough, to like on capture. What I did one time was I did the call the attack on him, moved him onto a point where a legionary was. Um, so he was on the point with the legionary. I whipped himself for one APL. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't give him an APL, but it gives him one more for control. Uh, and then I shot the whip into the legionary, which made him down to two APL. Ah, and I was now three ah, APL. Ah, ah, so I removed his capture. <laughs> what the hell? Which meant that Marine had to stay there for the rest of that turn or else he didn't get his point back. What the hell? It's just a really weird model. That's it's so cool. very good, though. I love it. That's really unique. It's a way to play aggressively with the comms. Um, speaking of aggression, we have the Mangler next up here. And um, Tactical Hunter already sold it for me, but then he has other abilities. Let's just go over Tactical Hunter real quick. Each time this operative fights in combat with this weapon against an operative that is not ready, if you are the attacker, the first time this operative strikes with a critical hit, it can immediately strike with another successful hit. That's awesome. So you have somebody who already took a shot or decided to do, you know, early actions to get closer, to get an objective, and you just come running in with this guy. What do you guys think about this dude? Oh, I hate him. He's the worst model. <laughs> Garbage. Don't even worry. If you play against Felgar, don't even worry about this model. He's just, he's stupid. You can- don't listen to Kimmy Jelly and his That's lies. When he makes that, that, that like, defense for an o- operative, you know this is, like, top-tier operative right here. <laughs> um. Savage Assault, everyone, you know, free he actually action. only whiffs for me. So he is on paper the best model and he is just nothing but disappoint me. <laughs> <laughs> he is not earning his father's love. It's very sad. I don't like it. Orion, does he does he uh, earn your love? Oh, yeah. He gets all the cheeseburgers when we go home. Like, you know, everyone else is eating stuff out of the trash, but he's the one I take to McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> he's the one I take. Because Savage Assault is a very nice ability for one AP. You perform a free fight action with this operative. Then after completing that action's fight sequence, if the operative is still within engagement range of an enemy operative, you can immediately fight in combat with this operative again. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to select the same target, just something within engagement range. Yeah, so this model I, I have nightmares about because he loves to kill a lot of Edgard really fast. Yeah, because like, all right, let's say he gets a critical off and then he's using Tactical Hunter. That's a critical and a hit. The one guy's just dead. Yep, and then he fights again. It's fucking yeah. stupid. Well, he can also swing a crit through as well. So like you can two-shot a legionary if you do it right. You could yeah. two-shot a legionary, you're right. Yeah, you, you could mean, two-shot I think you a legionary. Mean single shot. A legionary. If yeah, you, single shot. Oh with the my two god! Crits. You're if right. Ambush. If you get one crit, now you have two crits, mm-hmm. and yeah, twelve damage. And just in case it was the aspiring champion as well, you can boost the crit damage by one for thirteen oh, damage. Oh, let's say you think fuck. you're safe and you're an intercession, and let's say you're the leader. And you got fifteen wounds, and you can do minus one damage to a crit. You're like, I'm safe. He fights you, does twelve damage, which you're like, oh, that's only eleven, sucker. This is no big deal. He fights again. Now you're dead. Like that's it. Like it's, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you killed him. Yeah. He's still going to kill you. He gets a second attack. Even though you frenzied him on his activation, he gets the second attack and he gets tactical hunter for both of those attacks. It's in, like he can practically kill a custode. 
except Custodes can turn off crit, so he can't, but he can almost kill a Custodes. <laughs> um, yeah, so no, it's, it's brutal. There's one specific time that this model absolutely sucks, right? So it's when he charges a normal guardsman and whiffs everything and then fights again and only gets like two hits, but then like a rosary goes off and it doesn't like hurt, <laughs> hurt her whatsoever. Cause then you roll like four saves of your, of your six that only does two damage. And then it fights again and, and doesn't do anything and then dies from, from your power fist. No one and, likes bringing up the stuff from our games. <laughs> Stop doing it. I don't like it. I feel like it brings up a good point though as good as the manglers on paper there are it's one of the models that has the highest the highs and the lowest of lows on the team oh specifically because he does hit on fours um and sometimes you're really relying on him to do the double tap damage um and then sometimes he just doesn't he just rolls on normal hits or you didn't pay for ambush you know you're like oh i should have paid for ambush god damn it um (laughs) or you're going against uh exaction they turn off your rerolls and then he's not a great model Right. I forgot about Philosopher Lumens. Or you're going against Intercession and they turn off your rerolls with if you take the right build and take, you know. You, you, you just take Duelist and like, nah. And, and, you're, and your little Tilting Shields. Tilting Shields is what does. Oh, yeah. Tilting Shields. That turns yeah. off crits. Um, but what turns oh. off rerolls? There's another team that turns off rerolls. Oh, uh, Admech turns off. Oh, well, yeah. Hunter Clay. Yeah, you're right. Hunter yeah. Clay. In, we'll close, in close, yeah. Those are the two teams. Um, if you can turn off rerolls, this model becomes incredibly spiky. Um, he, he really relies on relentless and sits on fours. Combat support might help a little bit, but he really uses that relentless. Would you say the mangler is someone you might keep in the back? It, it, depending on, because you know you want to keep at least some. He's in the back. always a counterpunch. He has to be yeah. a counter. He's not an alpha strike. Mm. You, you'd agree, Orion, right? Um, well, not necessarily, because you don't need to do that double tap all the time. The, his fight twice is worth its weight in gold alone against things like Guardsmen. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you can get into two of them, you just fight them both. Yeah, you might take two to four damage on the way out, but he has 11 wounds. I mean, he should be a counterpunch in the general sense, but sometimes yeah. you can't always wait for that, or there's not always a good time to do that versus, hey, if I charge these two guys on the point, now I control the point because I killed them both, and then you have to come and take it back from me. One hundred percent. You know the and worst. And he can open doors into the dark, so he still got that. The worst thing is like when he's hiding on into the dark behind a door, and then like your spotter GA twos with your sniper and shoots and like hurts or kills <laughs> one of the guys, and then the mangler comes and kills both the spotter and the sniper, and you're like, wow. That fucking sucks. Is that what happened to you? <laughs> that was it not is. my game. That didn't happen. I don't know what you're talking about, but that now it's a good thing. Like that, this is a good story about Felgoria. It wasn't me. <laughs> that was not my experience. So, so like uh, that's when I learned never to, um, you know, uh, for uh, into the breach. They were just three inches forward, and he could do that on into the dark. So, if they're any <laughs> distance back, he could have done it. <sighs> oh, Mary Mayhem! What a good oh. time. No, that was that was actually BAO. Oh, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was against Sam at BAO. Um, I I I remember things things that scar me, and that's why I remember the Mangler. He's the one with the mask. He's the mask vigilante. Yeah, All the right. blind guy. The blind guy. Yeah, yeah. He just smells people and hits them. So we have next up the Felgor Shaman. A lot of people were really pumped about this model when the when the team first came out 
uh, almost a year ago. Um, what three, so nine months ago, right? Um, so the shaman has a bunch of psychic powers. Uh, I don't want to read them all because it'll be just as long as our ballads at the beginning of this, but, um, you manifest psychic power, one AP. You can only manifest one psychic power. I've seen people try to man- manifest two, but you can't because it's a unique action. Yep. Um, so they have mantle of darkness, apopoletic rejuvenation. Jesus, just call it healing. And, uh, <laughs> and curse weapon, right? I see a lot of people use curse weapon. Um, rejuvenation is just your healing and your, and your, your mantle is super concealed. Um, I rarely see people use, uh, super conceal. Is it because the other ones are just better fellas or do you guys use, or, or who are, have I just fought not uh, good Felgor players? Uh, super conceal is situational, but really important when you need it. Yeah. Like, um, the super, the super conceal, um, you don't always need it. Um, none of these you are always going to use. They're very situational in general. Um, like turn one, you'll probably use mental darkness. Um, if you have very exposed, like back objectives, if you don't though, or if there's generally safe places to go to, you'll just, you're just going to use this guy to do a mission action. Um, you can do some weird things where you can put a couple guys on engage and then pop him. So they're still engaged, but they're concealed during their activation, but it's very conditional. Not always the best. So, I mean, you do it sometimes, sometimes you don't. I think a big thing I like to do with this guy is he follows behind the front lines and heals. That guaranteed six wound heal on models that have gotten a kill really sucks. When you feel like, oh, I did a lot of damage, this guy's almost dead. And you're like, eh, add six to his wound count. Brutal. Um, he's That healing can be really strong. Um, if you want to use like, it's a really fun way to use them, but you're right. If you're going to have, have a model, that's just an action monkey or a throwaway. This is also the guy. Um, the things are strong. You don't need the super conceal. You can use it. There's other ways around it. You don't need it most of the time. Um, the making weapons hot. I could go a whole tournament and never use that. Oh, you shut your mouth. Ooh, that's a great one. I love curse weapon. He likes likes when things get hot. (laughs) He likes to make it hot and spicy. So um, I I don't know. Hey, you use curse weapon against me. (laughs) I do. I do use it. I absolutely use it. I could stop trying to lie to our listeners. No, hold on. If they took it away, I wouldn't care at all. Like if GW (sighs) tomorrow was like, "We got the nerf. No more curse weapon." I'd be like, "Ouch, hurt me." Like I'd be. (laughs) That would be devastated. (laughs) <laughs> if they give me an option will i curse a weapon or two of course Hell it will yeah. i'm an angry goat i'll curse a weapon but i'm uh, i don't know i'm fine with passing up on it fair i'm not i feel like Why cursing a weapon all right orion feel, loves it That's i fine. feel like cursing weapon is just like scouts when we were like hey what are scouts gonna do they're gonna be super scouty and then they became like super scouty they have a lot of scouting and wow. then angry goats are like we don't shoot stuff very much. Um, we're going to curse weapons. We're I feel like scorn their ways. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I love doing it. Um, I've killed plenty of models with it, um, which may be surprising. I don't know. Um, I love targeting plasma gunners with it because they're damned if they do damned if they don't. Um, and then if you target the plasma gunner again, uh, it's even funnier the second time. 
Because now, no matter what, they're taking four mortal wounds. Oh, yeah? Well, they roll can, ones. Can you stack it? Yes, you can. So if you curse hey, somebody's Kimmy, weapon... Kimmy Jelly, come on, Kimmy I thought you were supposed to know the rules. I thought you were some <laughs> kind of head, huge player or something. Yeah, so if you target somebody's gun... I am gun, drunk and barely wear pants. <laughs> what are you talking? I didn't even know you could do it multiple times. This is fascinating. So go ahead, yeah, yeah, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, so if you target somebody's gun... Um, you can give them hot. It has a special rule here. It says if they already have the hot profile, um, now they suffer one additional mortal wound. Um, there's nothing that says that this ability, it just gives them hot. So if you do it again to a target who got hot, now they're taking four mortal wounds. Yeah. Um, I mean, so it starts off at three. The first time goes to four. So the second time they're taking five? No, you can't stack it um, beyond four. Um, so because it says if they have hot, they just deal one more wound, um, one additional. Oh, but okay. So you would, you wouldn't do it twice then you would still just do it once, right? Cause no, you, do it, you, do it, you do it twice because if you're referencing the plasma gunner, the plasma gun has the profile not to shoot hot, right? Um, the supercharge. So if they just choose the standard, they take three more wounds if they roll a hot. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I got you. I got you. If you target them again, they don't have a choice. Okay. Right. They have to pick one. Yeah. Okay. Oh okay. man. That's, that's rough. <laughs> if you do that on your scoring your ways target, that gets even worse for them, okay. which means they're manic dumping CP just to save this guy. The only team I can see kind of get okay with curse weapon is like Kasserkin. And that's cause they don't have to reroll. They can just manipulate the number, but still everyone else rough yeah bobos is the worst one or the best one to target because they don't really have a ton of rerolls built in anywhere that's and true. they need their cp um so a lot of times they just won't opt to spend it or won't opt to reroll and then you just whoops that's a dead phobos you know both are just willing to do that to a guy with elites dealing with just three mortal wounds gets a lot of break points Really mm-hmm. strong. Um, if they if you do get in the melee with them now, so much easier. Okay, how many more models do we got here? There's only two. Well, more. we we got uh, we got uh, our Nurgle one, the Felgor mm-hmm. Toxhorn. Uh, he has a cool thing called the Pox Bomb. You select one point in the kill zone within six of this operative. Does not have to be visible. Just within six Fucking inches of this operative. This model. I hate this model. <laughs> Roll 1d6 yeah. for each other operative within two inches of that point. Circle. On a 3+, plus, subtract one from the APL. Cool. You did a mini stun. And on a 5+, plus, they also suffer three mortal wounds. Yeah. And this also, this operative is unaffected by APL modifications, and it is not affected by the stun critical hit rule, which uh-huh. means even in melee, if you hit them with a crit and stun, you can't hit and parry. It just turns off stun critical hit. Or at least that's how it was explained to me. And they have a six appeal. Yep. yep. This guy is, uh, what is it? The disciple of the, Elis- Elis- oh, I can never say it. Isindra. It's one yeah. of those kind of models. Yeah. Ugh. So the only reason why the Toxhorn's pox bomb doesn't work on into the dark as well as it does open is because you can't measure through walls. Correct. Yeah. But with these, this, blessing bullshit you could be on one side of the wall and just be like well it's here now it has it they have the same problem as um as vet guard is that you could just measure through walls here's the thing orion correct me if i'm wrong here the fact about toxhorn is 
Everything we just said is exactly what we need to worry about. He moves up, he throws the tox bomb, the pox bomb. Like, there's really not a lot to say about this guy. He's good. He's one guy I like to give the uh, rending on the cleaver to. Um, don't forget his six up feel no pain. But like, he moves up, he throws that pox bomb. You might get some stuns. Great model. He is but yeah, I mean that's exactly what he does. He's not going to do anything outlandish. Yeah, um, it's really straightforward. He is my anti demo man tech. Yep. Um, yep. <laughs> yeah. 100%. That's why you well, don't not, forward deploy the demo man. Never do. Well, it. not even just that. Um, <laughs> if you do forward deploy him and he misses, what oftentimes I'll do is I'll give him. I'll spend the reckless determination and I'll give him the five up in Volm because he has the most statistical likelihood to survive the demo man if he fails. Mm, that's uh, in which case, no one's happy about that. Yeah, he's a model I like to give that five up in Volm to as well, especially because you can. he will move up. He'll probably be behind light cover when he throws his bomb. So, yeah, absolutely. So this this coolest play I've ever done as a, as a, as a vet guard player into th- this team... The Toxhorn guy came up and stunned all my models except for the, because I clumped him up, um, except for the uh, the demo man. Gave the demo man plus one APL. I charged my leader into the Toxhorn. And then my, uh, my demo man moved within an inch, placed the mine, dashed backwards, killed all three goats. Uh, and then the very next turn... The Toxhorn was like, cool, I'm going to kill your leader because my leader charged. So he killed my leader, and then I was like, cool, I'm going to only in death my leader. And he was like, oh. And then the Felgor got removed, and then my leader ran over and plasma pistoled his leader and killed his leader. It was just like a snowball. <laughs> it was fucking, it was retarded. I was like, ha I Felgord the Felgor. Take that, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> I'm going to speak on behalf of me and Orion. That story is disgusting and we hate it. <laughs> no, no, keep those stories going. It'll make us sound bad. Uh, all right. Yeah. You too uh, can beat your own goats. I mean, my only. play like that. Mm-hmm. But don't play like that because it makes the goats sad. Yeah. It's their good team. Felker's good. Mm-hmm. Gee, you want to take us away on the next one? Yeah, let's do the Vandal. All right, we got our Vandal. This is uh, another 10 wound model. Which is always pretty cool. Uh, who has a special rule of vicious blows? Also, he has Reap 2. Reap 2 is great if you're playing into like um, Geller Pox. Hit the little guy, Reap 2 into the big guy. Yep. Awesome, awesome moves. Uh, anyways, back to the Man Crusher with the vicious blows. Uh, each time this operative fights in combat, if you are the attacker, this weapon gains the cease of special rules. Rerolling ones is always nice in combat. If this operative performed a charge action during this activation, the weapon gains the relentless special rule for that combat, which is also even better because now that's all your attacks are rolling, not just one. And of course, you got sweeping blows for one AP. Each other operative visible to and within circle of this operative suffers D3 plus one mortal wounds. This operative cannot perform this action while it has a conceal order. So uh, in- wow. interesting, interesting rule thing came up here at LVO about sweeping blow. Um, Orion, do you want to talk about it? And then I'll tell you how we, how I ruled it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's nothing crazy. Like it's not game breaking, no. uh, just for sweeping blow. It's kind of unclear if you roll one dice for each target or you roll one dice and affect each target with said dice. 
Um, and I could see it going either way, but we had to rule it some way. Yeah. So how I do rending until it becomes, I do it the same way. So I think that rending, and this is pretty similar where like you either pick up each individual roll and you can roll them all separately. Uh, or, um, you, you just pick up all dice at once. And the same thing with sweeping blow. I ruled, you just roll one dice and affects everyone. And then rending, you have to select your dice beforehand and you have to roll all the dice that you predetermine. And neither one is extremely clear on how it goes. But since I ruled rending that way before the tournament started, I ruled sweeping blow, which kind of was my go-to on the reason why I ruled it the way I did. Um, And it was funny because some people at the tournament were actually doing singular each one and some people were rolling just once for the whole thing. So um, I think it was after like round five, I was like, hey, for now on, just roll it like this. However you were doing it before, it doesn't matter. Just do it like this for now on. So, but hopefully we get an FAQ or an errata or something that hopefully helps clarify this and a few other rules. Um, <clears throat> go ahead, G, you want to ask your questions about Vandal? Uh, yeah, actually, I'm not quite 100% sure where to really use this guy. Obviously, you want to put him into like a group of dudes, but there's like a, quite a few other guys who want to be into groups of dudes. Um, and you guys are experts. Where would you put it? Wherever the action is hottest. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How about you, Ryan? Uh, I'm sorry, guys. There's something going outside my window right now. Ooh. <laughs> I'm curious. Is it yeah, I think I have a lot of coyotes outside my window. I'll be back. Oh, okay. <laughs> Ooh, interesting. You put him into the fray. It's like it's like Jimmy's mess. Jimmy's uh, Jimmy's puppies have invaded Orion's yeah. backyard. The canines they are taking over the world. Everyone, watch out. Are uh, coy- uh, was it foxes or coyotes that aren't a cat or something? Like they're not cats. They're not dogs. They're like something else. What? Coyote. I don't know what just happened. I think it's too late, and I'm too drunk to process that. Coyotes, coyotes are, coyotes are canines. Canines. So then it's it's got to be foxes that aren't canines or I've been, cats. I've been attacked by coyotes before. Oh, me uh, and my dog at the park. There, I think uh, I'm going to look it up. I know what Jogmo was talking about. There's some animal that's like an in between species evolution. Yeah, um, that's what I'm trying to. We'll figure, figure out. this out later. <laughs> next episode of squad games to find out what animal is in between a cat and a dog. We'll tell you, it might be a, is it a, a mongoose? We don't know. We'll find out then. Um, <laughs> the vandal is a great one to give three APL to because they can charge sweeping blow and then fight. It's also fantastic. If you charge and just sweeping blow in the next turn, you're already in engagement. So then you get a sweeping blow and then fight. Fantastic. stuff. <laughs> Jesus. And you get ceaseless. Yeah, yeah, you get ceaseless. It's still, it's rough. If you have combat support, a little bit better, just saying. Um, but it's some fun stuff to play around with. This is also a model that you can ignore all that and just use as one of your forward models to like go and grab a point. I use this guy as a throwaway all the time. I'm sure if Ryan was here and he wasn't dealing with being overrun by predators, he'd be like, I'm back. I'm oh, back. oh, you're back. Oh, fantastic. Well, I'm glad because I'm predators. just giving bad advice. We need you here to balance me. <laughs> Um, <laughs> the Vandal is really good, but if you need, you're always going to have every game, some models, you're just like, I'm going to throw this guy on a point and go get what I can. Um, flux spray and Vandal are probably one of them in the first deployment group. Um, they can do great things, but I, I, I generally tend to move them more forward and get points unless I'm using the death knell to do an alpha strike. Like 
Orion talked about because he is a fantastic alpha on like secure certain uh, against two APL teams. He's great at going and getting things early. We're talking about the Vandal still. Yes. The last model. We're just going to finish this one up. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Vandal's um, great. I love the Vandal. He, yeah. I swing that hammer like every turn. <laughs> For sweeping blows, or are you trying to get a man? Yeah, sweeping blow. Oh, okay. Still, yeah, still. Sweeping blow is not bad. Well, usually, like I said, if you give them the three APL, you can charge, sweeping blow, and then fight. Yeah, it's pretty oh, yeah. pretty redonk. God, that is redonk. Did we miss one? Isn't there one that runs around and like fucking. Yeah, you missed the flex spray. I think we talked about him. It's fine. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, fuck that guy too. So, um, <laughs> we'll, 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 uh, I know it's late here on the podcast as this is our second one filming tonight. Um, I wanted to ask just a couple more questions when, so this team is still difficult to pilot. Like it's a strong team if you know how to play it. And if you've got enough practice games into it. Um, but are there, is there any specific synergies while setting up? For instance, when I play against inexperienced Felgor players, they're typically putting models that aren't supposed to be next to each other, or they're like, oh, dang, this guy should have been to the left of this guy instead of to the right of this guy, because now he's being blocked, so on and so forth. Is there any kind of like setup tips and does it vary from open to into the dark? Yeah, for me, it completely varies just from map to map. Um, you will never have the same deployment twice, I feel, in a lot of cases. Okay. there's a, This team is really good at one-two comboing, but all the combos are pretty good. And depending on how you want to catch your opponent off guard, um, you can set up different ones to really try to make sure that like people are always guessing what you're doing. That's at least how I try to play them. Most people will try to set up the Gorehorn and the Whip guy together. Um, that's like a great play to do and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but if you do that, every game, it gets a little telegraphed. This team has a unique ability where you can just kind of set up everybody kind of anywhere. And then some people can, you never know who's going to dash. So you try to keep your opponent on your toes. Okay. That's, what. that's fair. Smart. Totally agree. Right. There's depending on the mission, depending on the map, depending on the opponent, there's so many different ways to play this team. And the fun thing, the reason why I want to stick with this team for a little bit is it's exciting. There's so many different ways to play it. You can try new strategies. You can get comfortable and effective and be like, you know what? I'm going to pick a different tactic and route to play this team. And it's still viable. It's not like, oh, this is the way you play it to win. Like if you want to play Farstalker, right? Like the crew. There's like one specific way you play it, right? Like there's like, all right, you're going to take, you know, the fix the books or whatever it is. And you're going to take implant and uh, retrieve item. And you have like a basic game plan. That's the way you play crew. Um, that's by the book. You deviate too much. It's just not going to work with uh, Felgor. There's a lot of effective ways you can play this team. There's models you can lean on different synergies. You can try maybe some are better than others, but like there's a lot of good ways you can mix that team and it still works. All right. So uh, last question here comes from our Discord, um, Dr. Zero Hour. Um, What are the fundamentals required to make a kill team viable in tournaments? So what, what, what makes a team good and why would you bring it in this, uh, in this 
meta, right? Like what makes a team good and why would we, why, we keep saying that intercession is not good right now. Um, even though they were good for a while, right? Um, what makes a team, I have a, I have a couple ideas of what makes a team good. Being wanna... goats, that makes you good. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Greatest of all time right there. Yeah. Uh, that was yeah. good. I Thanks. walked right into that one. <laughs> I had to pull it out at once, you know, at least once. I think everyone was waiting. Yeah, I, I think what makes a team good, in my opinion, is what you're looking to get out of the team. It's a little convoluted, like, oh, ask yourself the question. Um, but a lot of times when I take a team, it's not because I think it's the best. It's not because... I think, oh, this is the appropriate meta for this right now. It's because I'm like, hey, I wanted to melee this specific way. Or, you know what? I actually want to do some shifty, weird, obscuring shooting. Or I want to do some heavy point control this time around. So I'm going to play this team. And I'm going to pick the team that does that the best that I have in my arsenal. Like right now, I've been playing demons pretty uh, pretty consistently. And it's just because the, the team isn't necessarily good, but it does what I want, and the way I'm playing it is making it work. I wanted high activations and high melee. Um, so that's, and I'm forcing that, I'm just blunt forcing that through to make it work. Um, I think most teams in this game have the fundamentals to be a good team, and it comes down to your play style to make it the team that works for you. I agree. Because not everyone can play goats. You know, not a lot of, not everyone's fundamental personalities can can let them be either that aggressive or know when to be not aggressive um yeah some people just don't want to do that and by if we based one team on a on everyone not everyone's gonna think that team is good absolutely they're gonna think it needs more maybe they're gonna think it needs less um it's all subjective based on how you play and how you analyze the team for scoring essentially so what you're saying is just get good. No, no. I think. No, no. I think. Um, I was kidding. I think. I think setting goals and knowing what you want to try to accomplish from tournament to tournament is is important, and then picking a team to help you uh, get that. If you just want to play intercession, then cool, just play intercession. But if you want to like, I'm going to max all my tac ops this entire tournament. Then take a team that specifically, um, you know. Max is TAC Ops the easiest and then focus on that to in order to get better. Yeah. If you want to max TAC Ops, take Harlequins, Void Dancers. If you like want a good team, I don't know, you could take a team with like 10 models and like 10 to 11 wounds each that like all live twice. I mean, that, that can be oh, good. I thought, I thought we were talking about commandos for a second. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that would also be good too. Um, no, that's a really open ended question, but I think Orion answered it really well. Like, I think. Um, yeah, I think he nailed it. Felgor is a good team. There's other good teams too, but yeah, almost every team in this game is good and viable and they're all different. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and they all, change. all teams have counters too. all they teams all can be countered by someone. Yeah. They all change from meta to meta too, right? Like right now goats aren't good in Australia. Like we did not see them perform well at the purge. Right. They like no one placed or did well with them whatsoever compared to all the shooting teams uh, like Novitiates, Kasserkin, uh, Vetguard, all these guys. Right. So um, 
Yeah, I think it's and and orcs placed well there as well. So I th- I think it's also knowing like where the meta is and you know whether you want to put the time in to learn the team because this is a team. If you want to play a team efficiently, you have to learn the team. You have to put your practice games in. You know, unless you're Jimmy Kelly and you can just pick up a team and take them to a tournament. And oh please, I can't do that crap. Don't don't say that. How many how many times did you play Felgor before LVO? Was it four? Not important. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> um, I've seen them a couple times. I don't know. I saw them around. We saw each other. We waved in the hallway. I don't know. Red. That's fair. So closing out this podcast, Jimmy, did you see the text I sent you? Um, yes. And I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, here's the thing. Dakota's such a monster. We're doing this podcast and we're talking, I've been drinking for three hours and just talking crap. <laughs> about mostly East Coast players and people south of the equator. And <laughs> while we're doing that, Dakota decides to send me shenanigans on uh, – he sent me a thumbs down. That's what's going on. Damn. You might have to listen to both, both podcasts to understand the significance. I'm just sitting here trying to be part of his podcast, and he's thumbs downing me through text while we're with, talking. With crazy eyes. He's a terrorist. He's a terrorist. He should be stopped. I'm just saying. I'm not trying to overreact here, but he's a bad person. So. I mean, have you heard the intro to this podcast, man? It's just like immediate GTA. Uh, in <laughs> it's pretty extreme. Honestly, I don't remember where the last podcast ended. This one started. It's a blur. I feel like the entire last week of my life is just a blur now. We've been doing this so long. What's going on? Where am I? Are you ready for the next one? Let's do it. Number three. Please don't all die. Please don't. I will die. have a tournament in the morning. (laughs) Yeah, I have to get up at like six. No, less than that. Five hours for a tournament. Yeah, it's like 1 a.m. It's literally literally 1 a.m. for Orion, and he's been so kind by staying on here, Orion. I appreciate you, What a baller. Of course. It's anything for the content. What a humble like a wimp. He's doing it sober. So do we really (laughs) respect him at all? No. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not sober here. I've been smashing cookies. And milk. And milk? No, oh, yeah, these aren't just any cookies. These were blueberry bacon cookies. That you enjoyed. shit. Is that you good? OG monster. Yeah, they are fantastic. Good. So like they're like a blueberry and cake cookie. They have um, a bacon on top with a maple glaze and like a coffee crumble. Can this sounds like a fantastic. cookie chef would eat. Can you, can you send me the recipe so I can fail to make them for my wife and then she'll like think I'm cool? <laughs> Well, yeah, only if that exactly happens. <laughs> I mean, I will do my best to make that happen. <laughs> well, I'll see your cookie and raise you. I have some gourmet high-end cupcakes waiting for me when I'm done. Wow. Oh, nice. So, nice. yeah. My my wife made There's no me bacon on them, though, so I'm kind of sad. Mozzarella stuffed breadsticks that were, like, dipped in pizza mozzarella sauce. Sticks. So mozzarella sticks. Yeah, yeah, mozzarella sticks. Those are cheese yeah, sticks. Those are those are dope. Oh, yes, Don't you cheese? I I might get in and out or eat cheese. It's that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Why not both? Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, you're right. That's cheese on your in-and-out burger. <laughs> or do a real wild card, get Popeye, and you might shit your pants. Just <laughs> I think I think they're closed this late. It's ten. It's ten over here, right? You can always buy Popeyes in a back alley somewhere. I'm sure there there's go. a Popeyes opened in the valley. If you have the dedication, G, yeah. you can make yeah. it happen. There is a local drug dealer who also sells Popeyes. It exists. You can find it. <laughs> they probably there probably was at some point. Yeah. Um, let's do shout outs. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah.
Who wants to go first? I will. Yeah. Uh, I want to shout out everyone who uh, donated to my GoFundMe for the laser. Uh, I'm still trying to get the second one up and running again after the second unfortunate fire. Uh, still waiting on the company, which is Full Spectrum Laser, uh, to get back to me. They continually um, tell me I will get back to you by the end of the day, and then they ignore me. So I've been sending them emails every day and, uh, you know, it is, it's, it, it is what it is, but I, I want to thank everyone who, who donated and, and made me get the second one. And it's been a, it's been a, it was a really big help to make LVO happen and I'm sure we'll get it sorted throughout the rest of the year. Uh, it's just, you know, it's unfortunate that it's taking this long. Yeah. If but, you're hearing this, go give them a thumbs down online. I'm not saying to do that, but if you do, I mean, thumbs down them hard. Just <laughs> say Squad Games says thumbs down. You already here first. Thumbs down. It's going to break their soul. They won't know how to come back from it. They're like, look, everything was fine, and these random people gave me a thumbs down. How can I live? I'm sorry. I got the haiku machine. Well, it's, been, <laughs> it's been super, super. You know, unfortunately, my my machine is not is not a, a Felgor. <laughs> I wish it was. It could come back from the dead. <laughs> Um, it is the opposite. Yeah, but uh, I just want to thank uh, everyone. And then this week is also my my son's third birthday. We're doing a Spider-Man birthday. Nice. And uh, Shout out to Spider-Man. Yeah, shout out to Spider-Man, making my son's uh, life a little bit happier. So, Which go. Spider-Man? Tobey Maguire? Like, which uh, one are we just doing the anim- It's just Peter Parker. Just Peter Parker. Uh, my personal favorite <laughs> is Tom Holland. Man answer. Yeah, yeah. My, my personal favorite is Tom Holland, you know. You guys, you guys can flame me later. For I'm, a, I'm a to- I'm on the Toby train. Yeah, that's Toby. That's what I grew way. up with. That was the only right answer was Toby, <laughs> the guy who actually shoots webs out of his wrist. Ew. Hell yeah, dude! Fucking yeah. weird. Like an actual mutant. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> He's an X Men. <laughs> I want the guy that makes you cringe from being a little weird. That, that's that's my Spider Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Jimmy, you got any shout outs, brother? I got nothing. I'm nothing? just here. To talk shit and uh, have fun. So, I love it. Fantastic. Yeah. Don't <laughs> find me online. Don't tag me at you jelly. <laughs> don't do any of that. That might my, my shout out is don't find me. Leave me alone, please, for the love of baby Jesus. <laughs> Stop calling me Kimmy Jelly. I beg of you for all things holy. Thank you. That's all. Thank okay, you. Kimmy Jelly. <laughs> <laughs> Orion, you have a yeah. tournament tomorrow, right? You want to shout that out? Um, yeah, yeah, sure. I wasn't, yeah. Um, this is just, just a, uh, tournament down in, um, uh, Philly area. Uh, I think it's time for love and John, something like that. They're always John related. Cause that's Philly slang for a thing. Uh, it's a decent tournament. It's going to be 26 people for a thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so if you want to say like that thing over there, you'd say like that John over there. Kind of like using a, so foreign. Use, use it is. It's very power. weird. Don't. I, I keep telling them it's not normal. Um, but yeah, I guess shout out to that. And um, I don't know. Shout out to somebody. Uh, Alexander Popov. I like that guy. Hey, I know. Hell yeah. Let's go. He's a cool guy. Hey, he's awesome. He's, I he's hate playing against that. his Inquisition, though. They're he's really a brug, as some people may say. <laughs> it means he's friend in Russian. My favorite vodka. That's not true. <laughs> He's going to be listening to this. Like, what the heck? He will, right? At the end, yeah. yeah. It's the only he doesn't even English. drink. What kind of Russian is he? It's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't he doesn't know drink that. vodka. He drinks like, uh, what's that <clears throat> one that tastes like licorice? It has what? the deer um, on Jägermeister? it. Jägermeister? Yeah, he likes Jägermeister. 
I've, I've offered him alcohol before and he said, I don't drink. So I just don't trust him. Uh, he just yeah. doesn't drink what you have. That is, that is <laughs> not the truth. I have drank with this man. Oh, <laughs> okay. I'm just going to keep bringing different liquor to kill team. Till he now. says yes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'll be like the Fox from uh, green eggs and ham, like, or whatever. I like, have seen him. Will drunk? you drink with me in this I, game? I saw him drunk at SoCal open the night before. Or I don't know yeah. if he was drunk. He was, he was just, my whole yeah, life is he turned drank. upside down. No. Now. I don't even know what to make of this. You, you're just too much of a villain, man. People are scared <laughs> of the drinks you hand. <laughs> well, you spike this, like yes, with more liquor. It's uh... <laughs> oh well. Well, I'll figure it out. I'll get him drunk one of these days. We'll see. I'll do my shout outs right before we end this out. Uh, so I want to just thank everybody who's come on this episode, on these shows for staying out late and doing the recording. So I want to thank our patrons. They help us out in a personal way. And if you're looking to join, you can descriptions uh, to get there in the show notes. You know, uh, you get a little few bonuses as well, which we always appreciate. If you want to join the greater conversation, we're on Discord, the Squad Games Discord. Again, in the show notes, you can click the link there. Join, talk to us, tag at you, Jelly. You know, whatever you want to do, it don't matter. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at wargaming underscore studio. Still working on Hearthkin. Might start Phobos. I don't know. Just being lazy. Got to pick something. And then if you want to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you're listening to, that helps us be found in the algorithm. And that's always pretty cool. And lastly, don't forget our affiliate. It's Frontline Gaming. So if you're going to Rocky Mountain Open or if you're considering going to any of their events in the future or just want to buy something from their secondhand store or firsthand store, you can do so with the link in the description. Uh, it costs no additional to you guys, and it gives us a little bit of a kickback, which we really appreciate. I think that's it, guys. Justice for Jeremy. Justice, Justice for Jeremy. For Jeremy. <laughs> weird Poor that Jeremy. I. Poor so, Jeremy. So, hold on. What is the? There's an alien. I love you. Uh, I gotta get going. I know yeah. Ryan's time I'm gonna, too. I'm gonna send yeah, you guys yeah. this. I'm gonna send this to you guys. I'll, I'll talk to you Please guys too. soon. I hope yeah. you just antagonize me all day tomorrow too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Ryan. All right, guys. It's been a pleasure. Later. Yeah. The Squad Games Podcast is a production of Squad Games Entertainment. For more information on Squad Games, please visit our website at lustersworkshop.com slash squad games.